Welcome to From Numbness to Fulfillment podcast with Jordana Miazza. That's me. My goal here is to help you feel alive, love your life and enjoy it to the fullest. For this, we'll use incredible breakthrough tools, insights and research that I discovered in my own journey from a very disconnected self to who I am today. So if you feel kind of unplugged from your life, from who you truly are or lost or stuck, and you want to not only know but become the best wholehearted version you can be, I am so here for you. And I promise you'll feel free, empowered, and more you than ever before. So grab a cup of your favorite drink, get comfortable, and come join me every week in this journey from numbness to fulfillment. Hello, hello, welcome to another episode of From Numbness to Fulfillment. Today I have another interview for you in this From Numbness to Fulfillment session. So I am going to go right to it. At the end, like always, I'll give you all the takeaways from today's session so you can now relax, listen and enjoy. Our guest today is Lucy Dickinson. She's an author, blogger and speaker. She graduated from Monmouth University with a BA in English and a love for writing. She worked for a Fortune 200 company in leadership and training for over 17 years. Unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on your perspective, she developed debilitating anxiety and wasn't able to work any longer, becoming completely housebound. This was the beginning of Lucy's healing journey. It took years, but eventually Lucy found her way out and in doing so became an advocate that spotlighted the stigma surrounding anxiety. Her message was clear. There is no shame in having anxiety and she believes it can actually be your greatest blessing. She has written two books, The Anxious Hippie and the companion book titled The Anxious Hippie Handbook. Lucy lives in a small beach town in New Jersey with her husband and three children. So without further ado, let's welcome Lucy Dickinson. Hi, Lucy. Welcome to From Numbness to Fulfillment. Thank you for coming. I am so excited that you're finally here. Thank you for having me, Jordana. I'm so excited that we're finally speaking. <laughs> you are just laughing like crazy because it took us forever <laughs> to finally have this meeting because of different things, even earthquakes, <laughs> like everything. In New Jersey, how does that happen? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so incredible, incredible. Well, Lucy is amazing. She have this great, great book that I, I love it. And she has this sense of humor that, it, it is just so amazing. I was, la I, was, I was reading it. And while I was reading it, I was just, just laughing by myself. And I said, okay, this is the perfect book. Why don't you tell us a bit about your story, like previous? What got you to... I know that there are so many things in the book. And of course, we won't do it any justice in just like 10, 15 minutes summary of your story, just so they have an idea. Yeah, I guess the best place to start, I would normally say the beginning, but because of what happened with me, the middle is <laughs> the better place to start. Um, so right after I had my first son, I was already working, I want to say five or six years, maybe more, 10 years, um, at a company, and I loved my job. Um, but as soon as I was um, had my son, things changed. <laughs> like immediately, like I had them. And in a snap, I felt different. And it was, um, it was eye opening. It was jarring. It was, um, you know, I read all the books 
that, you know, you're supposed to have this fabulous um, experience with your child. And I felt awful and guilty and shame because that's not what I was experiencing. And this was the beginning of a really long road of going back to see what happened in my younger years and trying to make peace with what happened and move forward from there, really. And it all came out in the form of anxiety for me. So. Hmm. Oh, wow. That was very, very brief. Okay. No, keep I going. Keep going. Yes, please. Going. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so basically, you're like, that was brief. Um, so, you know, what happened was while I was in the hospital, I, you know, I had these, you know, after giving birth, I had this feeling of um, feeling flat, um, not trying to feeling myself. And I didn't have a name for it. And I was immediately diagnosed with postpartum depression. But I didn't feel depressed. It wasn't depression, mm. but I didn't have a name for it. Anxiety is not, was not the big word in 1999 that it is today. <laughs> and, you know, there, there was not really the internet. You know, it was the beginning of dial-up. But you didn't even know what to look for. And I, um, from that day forward, I started experiencing panic attacks. I didn't want to be near my son. I didn't want to um, do anything but be inside my mind and try and figure out what was going on. Um, fear ruled my life. I mean, I went from being a really um, high level, um, climbing the corporate ladder type of gal to, you know, sitting in a cube, you know, just scared to even move out of my cube in the office. And it got to the point where um, not only was I having anxiety attacks, and this was the part that I thought people might find interesting because we know the symptoms of anxiety could be a heartbeat or you know a fast heartbeat or feeling dizzy, but I also had food allergies. I had food sensitivities. I had um, I was only at one point only eating five foods, and again back then we didn't know the gut brain connection we didn't know those things but it's all connected it's interconnected and because i was fearful you know we are you know mammals my my senses were heightened and so was everything else in my body and that created sensitivities in my gut and you know i couldn't eat literally i couldn't eat anything but five foods um, it got so bad that I had a nervous breakdown at work and <laughs> was in the hospital thinking I was going to die. But really what I needed to do is, you know, find my way out of fear and back into love. That's what it was about. When you mentioned that you didn't want to be close to your son, why, why was that? Was because you didn't feel what you thought you were supposed to feel? Absolutely. Yeah, it was. Um, well, I don't even know if it went that deep. It was a feeling of, you know, I read all these books and I saw what my mom did, you know, with us when we were, you know, with her. And I didn't have that feeling. What I had was almost a guarded um, inside my own body kind of enveloped within myself feeling. It was almost a really selfish feeling, if I could say mm. that. And, you know, knowing what I know now, I know it's self-preservation and I was trying to, you know, help myself because we have to help ourselves before we can love and help others. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know that. But I didn't have that um, immediate connection. And that scared me, scared me badly. Um, and that, you know, turned and rolled into more and more fears, um, issues, um, phobias, 
allergies, um, you name it, <laughs> I had it. It turned into OCD. It turned into, um, well, it didn't turn into, but it was always an underlying PTSD. I had a lot of issues that I was holding inside. And it was almost like the birth of my son was the birth of me needing to deal with all these issues so that I could have a fabulous family so that I could reach out and love. I needed to, you know, birth all these things and deal with them. It was like, like you needed to kind of perch, right? Because mm -hmm. of all those things. Yes. There's something magical about having a kid with, uh, with me it happened the same, the same way. I was completely numb. And then when I had my son, it, I was just crying for an hour and I didn't know, like I couldn't stop. It was just so weird. Like suddenly yeah. I had some, I had emotions back. It was just so weird. Yeah. And, and no one, not a lot of people even today talk about these. There's still stigmas, you know, no matter how much we know about these things, we still keep quiet about them because <laughs> we don't feel quite um, okay or we want to be seen as okay. Or at least in my case and people I have spoken with, that we we hold back but i think if we start talking about these things we see how normal they are and we normalize it and we realize that it is okay to feel like that and it's actually good to feel like that because it means you're getting out what's been sitting inside of you mm. that in years to come that could develop into more issues and even diseases if you don't take care of it yeah, that's so true. And and many people go through life without noticing those things. So the fact that there was something, it was that catalyst. It's amazing. It was amazing it was, that you had that opportunity to see all that and to to recognize it. Okay, so I have to be with myself and, and sit with all this that is going on. And you had <laughs> many things going on in your oh, life before that. That that each of those things added like a drop and another drop and another drop and yeah those things that we are not equipped to, to deal because we don't know we don't come with a manual no. saying in this situation do this right so we end up trying to figure out all these different things because we didn't know what to do at that at that time so what did you do then you you kind of cave in and just stayed with you more and how was your family around it Thank God, you know, I had a supportive, still have a supportive husband. Um, I think support is so important. Um, whether you have a spouse or a best friend or a therapist, that support um, during all of this is um, pivotal because you need someone to lean on. And I was always someone, um, I was a perfectionist. I tried to do everything myself. So for me to lean on someone was very hard, but um, boy, was it a great lesson because I needed that in order to become who I was supposed to be. Mm. So that was super important. Um, so the things that I did, you know, you were talking about going back, you know, all those things in childhood that happened. I kind of fought it because I didn't want to go back to there. And I, you know, mm. didn't want to relive a lot of this stuff. And we all have those you know, everyone has issues and traumas, you know, whether big or small, you know, throughout their lives, we all have those ups and downs. And I was master at hiding it. I mean, if you talk to anyone who's read my book that I knew as a, ch as a child, they said, um, I would never have guessed, I would never have known you were going through all of this throughout your life, because 
I wasn't aware that um, holding it hurt me. I thought I was being strong. Mm. But just like with um, anyone, we only have so much space to occupy ourselves and to put stuff and eventually it's going to overflow. And that's what happened. Um, so I tried um, many different ways <laughs> to get well. Um, it was not a straight line, my healing journey. Um, I went, you know, to therapists and they helped a bit. You know, I, I did all the, the mainstream stuff. Um, I did energy healing, which to me was foreign at the time. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, a couple of those steps helped. So every little bit helped. Some of it, it was like a tango dance, like two steps forward, one step back. Um, and I learned to live with that dance and know that it's okay not to make progress right away, that I'm not going to spontaneously heal, and that each of those um, step backwards were a lesson for me for where not to go in life and how to you know, circumvent around that and figure out what was my journey and what was I supposed to find and do and be. Um, so I actually really call all of it a blessing. Yeah, it's, it, is, it is so important to, to see those things, to take the learning out of it, mm -hmm. because that is so important. And we learn more from pain, actually, that what from happiness because we're forced to it was happiness. all pleasurable we would never do it <laughs> exactly <laughs> because happiness is just so you know like this happy thing where you're kind right. of looking outwards and, and just, exactly. just time passes but but the other thing is actually what what builds us what what makes us who we are every step of the way and why did you decide to to focus on anxiety because of the because of the many things that i read in the book uh, and i would like yeah. you to share one or two things just so so they know what i'm talking about something sure. because it could be anything but you right. decided to to take you know from everything to take the anxiety and 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 just share your knowledge about it because there were so many things that you could choose from. Oh, yeah, there was, um, I had chemical sensitivities. I couldn't even leave my house because my, um, uh, anything I smelled would put me into a panic. So I had something called chemical, multiple chemical sensitivity. Um, I was dealing with grief from the death of my sister and the death of my father. So that was another thing I was dealing with. Um, I was dealt with abuse, you know, from boyfriends. Um, so the reason I pulled anxiety out and decided that was it because anxiety um, to me is an, it's kind of an umbrella word mm -hmm. and it has such a big meaning today that um, I felt like everything fit under that umbrella because to me, anxiety equals fear and all of those little parts that were under the umbrella had to do with fear and um, anxiety was relatable people understood anxiety. So I pulled that out to say, let's talk about this. Because when we talk about this big umbrella word, we're also talking about all the stuff that's underneath. And um, I think it worked. I mean, I think doing that, people are relating to that and saying, oh, I can see all these things underneath as well. But I see the bigger picture is fear. And that's why I did that. Yeah, and also because when you find a way to to understand why your body why you know everything just triggers anxiety and you find a way through it 
then pretty much everything else you can you can deal with you can deal with if you're not if you're not centered in yourself if you're just you know agitated or or bad or fear-based or whatever you, you cannot respond you're just reacting to life that's such a great way to put it because i was reacting for so long and just allowing that to take center stage anxiety was my life anxiety was my um it was actually my identity which was really sad because it's what I was dealing with and what I focused on. And when I learned not to focus on that as my label and to focus on the things I love, anxiety kind of took a back seat, mm. <laughs> which was um, a great, another great lesson. You know, what we focus on grows. Yeah, that's so true. That's <laughs> so true. When was the first time that you felt... I am doing the right thing or this is going in the right path. Like when did you start seeing? Believing, yeah. Yeah, something, that something shift in you. So this, this is probably the, uh, an odd one, but it was, um, so I used to have these, I told you, chemical sensitivities. So I would go in anywhere and couldn't go into stores, anything. And I don't know, you know, if you know anything about chemical sensitivities, some of these people, you know, can't even live in their own homes. Mm -hmm. So I used to go into the store and I could smell the vitamins and it would put me into a panic. And it almost probably doesn't make sense to anyone else. But if you have these chemical sensitivities, you understand all you want to do is run from these smells because you, you feel they're dangerous. And um, I did this um, tapping. I don't know if anyone knows about yes. I did this tapping and it was a, it was a offshoot of tapping. It had a little bit more. But um, I did this and they said, okay, go back to the vitamin store. And, um, you know, I was only, a, you know, to give you a little background, what was going on with me, I'm 5'9". I was almost like a hun only 100 pounds because I couldn't eat anything. I, you know, I was malnourished. I, you know, I, I looked sick. I couldn't even hang my head high. And I went into this vitamin store and I didn't smell anything. And... You know, to anybody else, it might not seem like such a big deal. But to me, I said, oh, I'm going to get, I'm going to be okay. I'm, I'm going to be okay. Like, I knew if I took that hurdle, and it was a hurdle to me <laughs> to not smell those things, that I knew I could do anything. And that was the turning point for me to say, if I can do that, I know I can do anything. And that's when it, the ball really started rolling to my healing because that belief was behind that, that knowingness, no, that no matter what, I was going to be okay. Yeah, because that's a, like a glimpse of hope. Exactly. Right? Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I wasn't out, you know, eating cheeseburgers at night because I couldn't eat anything. But <laughs> I was thinking one day I am going to eat a cheese. I mean, it was to the point, you know, I didn't eat any of those foods. And I would, you know, I was making my list. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to eat every food. I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be able to have a cup of tea. You know, all those things I couldn't do, I can do now because I believed. Oh, that is so powerful because everything is, we can do what we, what we think we can do. We, we, oh, absolutely. We, we cannot do what we think we cannot do. So it is kind of predetermined with our beliefs what we can do so the fact that you change that like yeah it could, our, be, it could be simple but it's very deep and very powerful that is it, the driving seat 
It's absolutely, yeah, it's to a cellular level that that happens. I mean, if I was feeling fear all the time and not believing, my cells are closed, right? They're closed and they're not responsive and that's life. And if I believe and I'm feeling love and I'm, I mean, I'm knowing that something's going to happen, our cells are open and they're open for nourishment. And that's your mind, body, soul all at work at once, you know, doing the work for you. You just have to jumpstart that and believe. And did your family, friends, people that knew you notice this shift or it went a couple of months or years before they started noticing this shift? So my husband noticed right away. He was my, <laughs> you know, he's my, you know, we're Lucy and Ethel. Like he was there <laughs> for this whole ride. And he, um, you know, he would celebrate these you know, things that probably seem so small to anyone else, like me being able to eat a potato chip, big deal. Me being able to, you know, we would celebrate that and have, you know, me being able to, you know, have a glass of wine again on an anniversary, you know, seems like such a simple thing, but those steps were part of it. Me not feeling fear. I mean, so he noticed that right away. My family, my kids were very young. They're grown up now. My kids were super young at that point. Even they saw the change and they were so happy. Um, they would jump up and down when we were able to go out to dinner because I couldn't even go out of the house. So it was, um, yeah, we all noticed. Friends, on the other hand, um, I kept, like I said, I still had that perfectionist shell mm-hmm. and I didn't show them too much. Um, you know, little by little I did. And especially, you know, once this book came out, they knew everything. <laughs> and what was the the point where you where you felt the need of writing the book? So that was um, definitely while I was still sick. I had a retirement account and I used my entire retirement account um, to get well. And I, you know, a lot of things aren't covered by insurance. (laughs) You know, these energy healing therapies, you know, that's all coaching. All of this is out of pocket, of of course. Mm -hmm. Um, But I went through over a hundred thousand dollars and when I realized what the answer was, that the answer was belief in love. And then from that, you can flow and do the things. I said, I cannot believe (laughs) that this cost me that much money just to come home to myself, right? And figure myself Mm -hmm. out. I mean, it was a beautiful lesson, but $100,000. So I remember making a promise one night in bed when I was having a panic attack. I had a conversation with God or whoever you want to call that spiritual person that you are connected to. Um, and I said, I promise if I get well, and it wasn't like a, a pity thing. Like I wasn't making a deal. It was a statement. It was, I promise when I get well, I'm going to help people with this so that they don't have to spe- spend exorbitant amounts of money to know that the answers are all within. And that's why I wrote the book. Mm. Yeah, I think it is so beautiful and it's a very well-written book with short stories and humor. (laughs) I love humor. There's a lot of humor. Remembering some things, it's just amazing. (laughs) Um, And and the last part of the book that is about the lessons that you learned with all those different stories, because what was so surprising to me was like each story was like a two pages or something. Right but it had so much depth and teaching in each of those stories and you kept going and going and going and like all these different stories and then you summarize everything with the different lessons that you took from there 
And I thought it was the, the, the perfect structure and the perfect way of teaching somebody everything that you that you've been through, like, like what you're saying now. So like smelling the vitamins and not having a panic attack, that may be something simple for somebody that is living that. That is, it it is pure hope is, is, is priceless. It is priceless. And I did that obviously purposely because when you're dealing um, with anxiety or, uh, you know, a chemical sensitivity or grief, you don't want to go through, you know, a 30 page chapter all the time. <laughs> you want to get to the meat of it because I know that's what I would have wanted, right? I would have wanted to, you know, well, let me, let me see what's really happening here. Let me figure this out. So that's why I did those simple two page, you know, chapters to get to the meat, but also have some heart in it to show, you know, the, the triumph over tragedy that you can, you know, move on, um, and not make light of it, but at the same time have humor in it. Yeah, and what's what's behind the person? Mm-hmm. Because for somebody looking at you there in the vitamin shop, is it doesn't feel anything because it doesn't see anything, doesn't know anything. Right. So the right. the backstory, the all, all that, I I I absolutely loved it. And did you notice a difference between the, exci- the anxiety triggered by grief or by different types, or they, they kind of go to the, same, to the same places? That's such a great question because absolutely. And that's why I think anxiety is an umbrella word and it can be misused sometimes because, you know, you can have, um, certain reactions in your body when you're overstressed or um, sad or scared, right? And those go to, towards the grief things or the fear things. That's one form of anxiety. But then there were also um, anxiety that I got from eating s- certain foods. And that was a different type of situation, but it was all called when I went to, ad- you know, when I went to get help it was all called anxiety which is kind of confusing right Mm -hmm. because again it's this you know all meaning word but if you look at like the tentacles of it right it um they all have different reasons for it Mm. and what did you notice that it was at the root because they put anxiety to all of those situations for a reason there has to be some common ground between all of them what is it so in my, I think it's unique to other people. Some people, it could mm. be something as simple as, you know, they were born with something or it could be a nutritional deficiency or it could be something in their genes. Um, so I don't know if there's any what one, what is it, you know, that mm. brings it all together one route. For me, it was definitely not belief in myself and thinking I wasn't good enough. Mm. And once I got through that hurdle and realized I'm okay not to, you know, I'm perfectly imperfect and that's okay. All the other stuff kind of just, it was like dominoes. Yes, I had to address it. I'm not making it sound super simple, but once I knew I was okay being imperfect, the other stuff um, fell much more easily. Hmm. Yeah, it's like having a new skill or a new tool. Exactly. It's it's easier to deal with the other things if you have this new thing that helps you. Right. Do the and, job better. 
And I had, you know, I had this incredible toolbox that, you know, I carried with me along the way of the things I've learned. You know, it was, um, you know, knowing I'm perfect, like you said, the lessons, knowing I'm perfectly imperfect. I also did, I had tapping in there. I did muscle testing. I did talk therapy and, you know, I emptied my barrel. All of these things were in my toolbox and I knew when to reach for the right tool. Mm. And I still, today, I still can get involved in anxiety if I'm, you know, eating chocolate cake and a cup of coffee. <laughs> you know? And I know, but the good news is I know why it's happening and I can back off and let my barrel go down a little bit lower instead of it having it overflow and then the symptoms go away and I'm fine. Mm. So yeah, knowing knowing how to recognize it and, and what to do about it. Because I think that the the biggest thing is when you see something happening, but you have no idea how to fix it because you have no idea what's the issue. Right. So once you know what the issue is, then you can, you can see, okay, so I better use this or that. There was some other thing that you mentioned in the book. Um, there were so many things there. Um, <laughs> yeah, so many things. I loved it. Um, there was one thing that you said that had to do with unlearning with, I think it was a teacher or something that they taught you at school. Mm, yes. That you had to unlearn because it was the kind of the wrong lesson because we grow and we have all these um, beliefs from other people kind of shot at us, you know, all the time. <laughs> and then many of them, they're not true. And we just keep them. Most of them. <laughs> yeah. Most of them. And yeah, that's... Um, it's great that you bring that up because that was um, one of the um, big situations that I had to work on was my faulty belief system because I did take um, everyone in and their words as a truth. I always did. It's just, you know, how I was brought up was to believe, believe the people around you. <laughs> and I did, but I was someone who also was pretty em empathic and sympathetic. So I took everything to heart too. And I took it almost literally. So where some other people may be able to scoff off some of the things that were said to them, I took it to heart and um, held it as my own personal belief system. So I had to unlearn those beliefs, literally pull them out and create a whole new belief system for myself. Mm. And I did that, you know, and with the tapping, like I said, the tapping, the muscle testing, um, journaling, you know, prayer, you know, whatever it was at the time that I knew would work for me for that belief to pull it out, you know, address it, say it's no longer needed. Like it's like an old tape in your head, right? Like an yeah, old like an update. Yeah. Just an update. Yeah. Like, yeah. So. <laughs> what would you say to somebody that maybe see some anxiety in their lives and maybe how to recognize it or yeah, I would say two things like how to recognize it. And, and what is one thing that helped, helped you deal with that? Or like one thing that you would say, okay, if I would, I would have known this one thing, hmm. but then. So how to recognize it, I guess um, it always starts because, you know, the basic, um, definition of an anxiety condition is elevated stress. Mm -hmm. So if you start to feel stressed out, 
you know, shoulders tight, teeth clenched, maybe like um, a, a rapid heartbeat, a little dizzy, those type of, you know, classic anxiety symptoms, stop and address that before it becomes a problem. Because those things, your body's so incredible. It talks to you, right? Sometimes we just don't listen. So it's telling you, hey, you know, <laughs> we need a little attention here. And, you know, I don't know if there's just one thing um, that would help, you know, to, to give that out in this podcast, but, you know, exercise and eating right, those two things right away. And I know it sounds so cliche, but if you can get that in the beginning and get out and get those endorphins going and eat right and yeah, it's okay to have, and I'm going to talk about chocolate cake a lot because I love it. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) But it's okay to eat the chocolate cake, but make sure you crowd that out, you know, crowd out the bad, you know, the junk food with the good food. Mm. Try that first, crowd out your food. Um, So exercise and, you know, nutrition were instrumental to my healing. So those are, you know, two things to start right away. If it gets worse than that, you know, your body's giving you even more symptoms, you know, more issues, and maybe it's, you know, talk therapy at that point, or, you know, tapping, or, um, you know, whatever it is for you, journaling, but you really have to, I guess the one thing is, and if you're looking for that one big, you know, word is to go inside and, and help yourself, love yourself, mm. you know, pay attention to yourself. That doesn't just mean, you know, you know, smiling at yourself in the mirror. It means actually doing some work <laughs> for yourself on yourself, like you would do for your own children, do it for yourself. Hmm. Yeah, I think it's great. Yeah, I am, I am thinking because there are so many people with anxiety, so many, yeah. and, and maybe we all suffer anxiety in a certain level in, in different ways, just like you said. And it is so important to stop and listening, listening and, and just know what, what it has to say, what does it want you to do or to pay attention to. Yeah, that fourth part of my book, I, I have a poem. I don't know if you got to see that poem, but it's about how we pay attention. If we broke a leg, we would pay attention to that. Right? We, yes, would go, yes, 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 we would go to the doctor and we would get it, you know, cast or surgery if we need it. And we do rehabilitation, but we t- tend to ignore like when it's mental health, right? We say, oh, I'll deal with that later. Or you put it mm. on the back burner because you can't see it. Mm. And um, that was, you know, the other reason I wanted to write the book is you can't see anxiety. You can't see mental illness. And because of that, no one knows you need help and you may not be helping yourself because it's not apparent to you. We're in a very visual world. You don't see it. Mm. And um, sometimes we wait until it gets really bad till we pay attention to it. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I, yes, I, I definitely read that poem and I loved it. And it was, it was just something that I, that I spoke about in one of the, I think that the first couple of episodes there was I talked exactly about this that because we don't see because I'm all about emotional uh, you know all those things and because we don't see it physically we just hide it or we we think that that is not I don't know that it has to that it has to be some kind of glorious wound for right, right. to like, be able to see like, it is kind of ridiculous, right? If we 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 think it that exactly. way, it's just ridiculous. It is like we need to see an open 
gaping wound in order to fix it. But if we could wear what we're feeling inside our heads, I would bet, I'd be willing to bet almost everyone walking on this earth would have some kind of wound that needs self-care. And we need to pay mind to that because we absolutely are, you know, in charge of our own future, our own health. And, um, you know, anxiety may just be stress to some people, but it can evolve into so many different issues and diseases. So, you know, you got to set it now because I'm proof that it it snowballed into other things. (laughs) And... Yeah, and the good thing is that is 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 it could be hard when you're going through it, but once you're through it, then you process it. So every yeah. it's done. So yeah, we, we do this thing constantly of putting there, you know, thinking that hoping that will go away, <laughs> which is just ridiculous. <laughs> It is. I mean, when you say it like that, it's ridiculous, but I think we all have that mindset sometimes, right? Like I'll just put it in this little box and it'll never surface again. Yeah. It's like putting the chocolate, you know, in the drawer thinking I won't even, (laughs) I won't be tempted. (laughs) Not going to happen. But you know, when you shift your perspective to this is actually your body speaking to you lovingly telling you what it needs. If we listen with that, perspective it's so beautiful that it's talking to us and it gets louder and louder (laughs) Mm. the more we ignore it yeah and the thing is that it kind of um blur ourselves so people don't get to see our true self because it's kind of with all these different layers over us that don't allow people to see us who like how we truly are Right. So it's 100%. good not, not having those things, right? Yeah, I think in the book I call it, um, I'm, an un- I'm an onion, and I also said I was an ogre because they both have layers. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we need to get through those layers. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Okay, Lucy, so where can people know more about you? Oh, thank you so much. So you can go to my website, www dot love l-o-v-e always lucy l-u-c-i-e dot com and the reason i named it love always lucy it's a reminder to everyone to always love yourself and i love it all the information there's tips on there there's information about anxiety there's links for my books um all my information on there is free that's what i'm all about again you don't need to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to get well <laughs> and it's all there why did you name your book like that of uh, the anxious hippie yeah because it's such a contradiction <laughs> i feel like and it's so me <laughs> because i'm real free spirited i'm um my kids have always called me a hippie i mean i know you can't see me right now but i'm in overalls like i'm a hippie like through and through um but i was also extremely anxious and i wasn't okay with that and the reason i named it is because i'm now okay with that i know sometimes i'm gonna be a hippie and sometimes i may feel anxious 
and that's okay. We all ebb and flow through life, right? We all have our ups and downs and there's going to be times I'm going to be anxious again. And there's times where I'm going to feel really, you know, great and put up, pull up my peace sign, you know, but I think it's really, uh, I thought it, the title was just clever because we're all in that, right? We all ebb and flow one way and the other. And I just wanted everyone to know that's okay. That, you know, I'm doing well, read my story, but it's okay that I was anxious and still get that way sometimes. Mm, that's perfect. I think that's a perfect closure. <laughs> so thank you so much, Lucy, for being here. Thank Finally, you. we're I know. You here. <laughs> I am so excited, <laughs> so excited because when I read your book, it was a really, really good book. Like I have Thanks. to share this. I have to I share, know. you know, like when yeah. you see a good movie, like you yeah. have to share this. Thank you. Yeah. And, and the, the, the best thing I'm talking about the book, but the book is her. That, that's what I, what I mean. So what I wanted to share is you with them so, you. so they can, they can know you and they can have you in their lives as well, because we are learning from each other. And what, what always inspired me and, and got me thinking was that how much a person can shift their point of view towards another human being once they know what they're going through. I think stories connect us. I love that you're doing what you're doing because the oh, more we you. talk to each other, the more we realize um, we're alike, not completely alike, but all we want is love and we want to hear from each other that we're all okay and connect with one another. So what you're doing is amazing because you're connecting that from, you know, one podcast at a time. And I love that. Oh, thank you so much, Lucy. You. Well, thank you so much for being here. So I will put everything in the show notes. So don't worry if you didn't okay. hear a letter or something, everything will be uh, there for you. So you can go and check out everything that Lucy is doing. And yeah, so thank you so thank much, you. Lucy. Thank you for having me. Thanks. All right. How was it? She is so special, right? Let's go to the takeaways, shall we? I have, let's see, let's see, let's see. I have for you 20 takeaways from today's session with Lucy. So let's start. One, the basic definition of an anxiety condition is elevated stress. So symptoms of anxiety can start as stress symptoms, such as tightness of shoulders, teeth clench, rapid heartbeat, feeling dizzy, etc. Number two, there is a gut-brain connection, so by being fearful, the senses are heightened and it can create food sensitivities in the gut. Number three, with anxiety, what we always want to do is find the way out of fear and back into love. Four, we have to help ourselves before we can help others. So if you feel a feeling of self-preservation, pay attention to yourself. What do you need to help yourself with? Five, if we don't pay attention and address the anxiety symptoms, it can snowball until we do something about it. In the case of anxiety, it can roll into more and more fear, phobias, allergies, OCDs, food allergies, food sensitivity, etc. 6. It is not only okay but actually good to feel weird with yourself, with this need to help yourself, because it means you are getting out what's been sitting inside of you that in years to come, it could develop into more issues and even diseases if you don't take care of it. Seven, support in this process is pivotal. So look for someone you can lean on for support. It could be your partner, a friend or professional help. Eight, we all have issues and traumas, those ups and downs, whether big or small, throughout our lives. Nine, 
We may think that holding it in makes us strong, but actually it hurts us. We only have so much space to occupy ourselves and put stuff in. Eventually, it can overflow. 10. The healing process is like a tango dance. Two steps forward and one step back. Learn to live with the dance and that it's okay not to make progress right away and that each of those step backwards are lessons for you for where not to go in life. Find your own journey. 11. Anxiety is an umbrella word. It equals fear. So it can be many different things underneath. 12. When you learn not to focus on anxiety as your identity, as your label, and focus on the things you love, anxiety takes a back seat. What we focus on grows. 13. It only takes a bit of hope in the current situation, so boost your mood and your belief, feeling you will be okay. 14. What we can do and cannot do is predetermined by our beliefs. 15. Celebrate each accomplishment, no matter how insignificant they look. 16. Many times in our life, what we have to do to become ourselves is unlearn the beliefs that we learn from other people. For that, use whatever technique you know it works for you to pull it out, address it, see if it's no longer needed, and create a whole new belief system for yourself. It could be journaling, tapping, muscle testing, prayer, or anything else. 17. If you recognize that you have the basic anxiety stress symptoms discussed in point one, stop and address that before it becomes a bigger problem. Some things that you can do right away to improve that are exercise and eating right. If you want to eat something that's not the best, crowd out the junk food with good food. 18. If it gets worse than that, your body is giving you more symptoms, more issues, then you can do something more like journaling, tapping or any type of therapy or whatever you feel you need to do to go inside and help yourself, love yourself, pay attention to yourself. That doesn't mean smiling at yourself in the mirror, although that's great, means actually doing some work for yourself, on yourself, like you would do for your own children, do it for yourself. 19. Because anxiety is not like an open wound, you cannot see it. And because of that, no one knows you need help and you may not be helping yourself because it's not apparent to you. But it won't go away just by not looking at it. Sadly, sometimes we wait until it gets really bad until we pay attention to it. So start now. And the last one, 20, whatever is going on is your body speaking to you lovingly, telling you what it needs. And it gets louder and louder the more we ignore it. All right, those were the takeaways from today's session with Lucy. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. If you're dealing with anxiety, I really encourage you to go to Lucy's website and see all the tips and free resources there. Also links to her amazing books. As always, you have all the information in the show notes. Let me know if there is someone you would like me to invite as a guest on the show. Know that I'm looking, always looking to give you more and more beautiful messages and inspiration and tips and tools to help you in your life and your journey. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it everywhere and to everyone. <laughs> Review it and let's keep spreading love, kindness, empathy and of course some fun all over the world. I'll come back next week to give you more and more ways to go from numbness to fulfillment. Have a great week. Bye-bye.
Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you got something out of it. For questions or comments on this or a future show, you can send them to me to Jordana at fromnumnesstofulfillment.com or let's connect on Instagram that's at jordana.miazza. Also, I created a private Facebook community because I love doing these podcasts, but this is just one way street and I want to talk with you. I want to know you. So there we can all get together a safe space where we can be ourselves fully and we can all support each other. I'm there every day to inspire you. There may be some dance videos and some surprise lives here and there. So together we can make life more fun, enjoyable and meaningful. To join, super easy, go to Facebook and search from Numbness to Fulfillment Community, answer a couple of questions, those are just for me, and be part of these beautiful and so needed conversations that we started here. If you like this podcast, subscribe if you didn't so you never miss out and make sure you rate it. I know I always say that, but I mean it. Please, if you think something I said resonated or helped you in some way, your review can help this podcast be seen by someone that really, really needs it. And if you think something I said today could help someone you know right now, please share this episode with them. Remember, we are all in this together, so be kind, be authentic, be courageous, and gift the world your best wholehearted self. And if at some point gets overwhelming, think just one step at a time. Let's meet next week for another episode to take you from numbness to fulfillment. Have a great week. Bye-bye.